What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome to another episode of It Is What It Is, 8bit.net's news and current affairs podcast. Each and every week, we bring you all our takes on all the news you need to know about. No subject is off limits, and no take is too hot. I am your host, Jack Cruz, and joining me this week, Grandmaster of 8bit.net, the salt and pepper pebble Jesus himself, Brendan White. It is a pleasure to be back here again at the It Is What It Is podcast hot desk. Jack Cruz, thank you for having me. I'm excited to get so hot from these takes, I'll be naked by the end of this show. So let's do it. <laughs> We're going to heat it up in here, Brendan. We are going to heat it up. Thank you for joining me on this glorious Sunday morning. Yeah, it's um, I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's it's a nice challenge to rise to sort of getting up uh, <laughs> as as the uh, the rooster crows, it feels like this morning. But um, yep. I'm, I'm looking forward to a great way to start the day. You know, the it last actually, it. it's a long weekend up here in uh, in Bris Vegas. Oh, so um, I've got another day to uh, salivate as, as doing nothing um, tomorrow when Good. it rolls around. But I'm, I'm hyped as hell for some iwi today. And uh, mm. I know we've got a pretty tasty tasty uh, assortment of news on the docket so uh let's get it on absolutely absolutely my friend that, that, that's bullshit though i want to bloody done the day off although i can't really complain too much we have i think more public holidays than we have work days in victoria so yeah you we guys, get it pretty good down here you guys are still rolling that melbourne cup public holiday yet the melbourne rest of the cup. nation has had it removed from their slate <laughs> which is some bullshit um but as as they say it is what it is it is what it is. I love that we have a public holiday for a horse race. It mm-hmm. is just the most... It's the most Aussie thing ever. Like, yeah. How can we fucking get a day off? Oh, there's a horse race on that day. Let's give everyone a day off. And then we got grand final public holiday. It's fantastic. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm surprised there isn't like a summer nats public holiday or something like that, you know? It's, I, the I Denny, reckon... Denny Ute mustard. Oh, yeah. I, I reckon there's some locals probably petitioning for that as we speak, trying to get that as a day off, a day of rest yeah, to uh, celebrate so. the uh, the wet t-shirt competitions and those fat burnout. <laughs> I think a few of the boys from back home would be uh, would be very much in favour of a uh, summer nats public holiday. Oh yeah. Um, what what's the public holiday in, in QLD tomorrow? Uh, Labor Day. Ah, okay, it's your Labor Day. Okay, mm. yeah, sweet. We had yeah. ours a few weeks ago, I believe. Which is still uh, a day that still makes no sense to me. Like, yeah. What I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to complain, but no. Someone explained it to me the other day. I forget what it was about. It was like. Uh, obviously I didn't pay enough attention to what they were saying, but it was, mm. it's something to do with, um, oh, I'm going to butcher it. I'm not even going to try. Someone, mm. someone write in Tom, Thomas Marshall, Kiwi fact checker. The man with the in, plan. The man with the plan. Write in to, uh, it is what it is and let us know why, what is Labor, why is Labor Day a thing? Even though it's coming from, it's coming from, uh, Australia, it's like you're a Kiwi, and and it's obviously an Australian public holiday. But still, check check on that for me. Speaking of the Kiwi fact checker Thomas Marshall, uh, he was kind enough to send me in a couple of corrections from last week's episode. As I've always stated on this show, I'm going to get things wrong, the stuff stuff up. Send in to hello at eight bit.net if you disagree, if you uh, want to correct me on something. And he has a couple of uh, corrections from last week's episode. And Thomas Marshall writes in and he says, in regards to the Bill Cosby uh, story that we talked about last week, he says, Biz Co- Bill Cosby was not found guilty originally, as stated last week. Was uh, not, he, I think he's saying, was not found not guilty last originally, as stated last week. His original trial had a hung jury, which means they could not reach a decision. Hashtag hung gamers. 
Boom. And hung jury. Um, so, yes, apologies. I did say uh, last week that Bill Cosby was found not guilty. But, yes, no, Thomas is correct. It was a hung jury. So, that, that was a, uh, a slip up on my part. And he also states, uh, Crystal Dynamics are owned by Square Enix. And they are making an Inventions game. Which I believe I said that in the episode. I believe I said that Crystal Dynamics... I knew that Square Enix were publishing it and Crystal Dynamics were making it. I was unsure of the what Crystal Dynamics were doing with Tomb Raider, but I know that they are still sort of involved with the Tomb Raider franchise. But uh, that is... that. That Thank you, Thomas, for the corrections. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you can write in if you have a correction for me, if you have some feedback on the show, hello at 8bit.net, or hit me up on Twitter if, uh, if you want to let me know where I've buggered something up through the... Uh, through the ep- an episode. We are only human feedback. at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you are. I can't really speak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yet to confirm. Uh, anyway, how, how are you, Brendan? What's what's happening, man? What's, I'm, what's I'm doing what's good, man. I'm doing good. Um, it's it's insane how fast this year's flying. I know oh, it's sort of a, a, a sort of tried and true thing that you say every bloody year that, you know, mm. the time's flying, it's going by so quick, but... Mm. I'm feeling it. I don't know if it happens the older you get, the more time seems to impact you in a way. Um, But yeah, like it is May now. Um, Mm. We are moving house this coming weekend, which is uh, a a fun little hurdle and uh, sort of undertaking in itself. But uh, I'm doing good. Works works really busy. Um, All the 8-bit stuff's moving along pretty well. Uh, You know, streaming here and there when we can. But just, yeah, just, you know, got got a fair few balls in the air as far as the juggling act goes. But um, mm. haven't dropped any, you know, to date, fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm doing good, man. Doing good. It's uh, it's the weekend, so I'm uh, obviously a lot better than I am typically on like a Tuesday. But uh, <laughs> yeah, nah, doing good. We uh, had the... Had the fortunate experience of uh, having your company on the Hungry Gamers this past week on episode one hundred and three, um, which was a which was an absolute treat. But was a blast. Um, yeah, man, certainly no complaints. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I mean, I can't. Yeah, like I said, I can't complain too much. It is the weekend. I've had a uh, a sort of a good week. It's been a good weekend. My my partner was away at work over the weekend, so got to spend some quality time just one on one with the little guy, which was which was awesome fun. So we had a bit of a bit of date night. Friday night we went out for a burg and then uh, yesterday was just a you know a bro day we went out got him got him got him some fresh cuts got him mm-hmm. a haircut got him took him out for breakfast and just hung out watched the footy so it was uh, it was good it was good I'll say one thing um, that I do get a bit envious about when you see sort of the the little people you know the children um, mm. when they do get haircuts they manage to look so much cooler and so much yeah. cuter than sort of our adult selves just instantly. Yeah. And you're just like, God yeah. damn it. Like I've been yeah, working at this for, you know, 10 <laughs> times your life cycle. Yet you just roll in, you fidget in the chair and you come out looking a million bucks. Yeah. I I have a funny story about that actually. I So I'm very like pedantic about my haircuts because I it's, it's, it is, it is, you have to get mine perfect. I'm, I'm an ugly son of a bitch. So no. So the, the, I need my hair as it is. It is leaving me as quick as the day is long, and I, so when I go to get a haircut, I need them to just do it right and not stuff it up. There's a very particular way that I just I'm like I need it to be perfect. And I go to this. I used to go to this one hairdresser, which I don't go to anymore because I, I went there like three times in a row and they buggered it up. Um, so I get very frustrated with my haircuts. And there's this lady who stuffed it up twice that I. I go. I walk. I used to walk into this place, and if I saw her being like, she was, it always happens to be the one that's free. 
Like, you know, you walk in, like, there's the one you want to get your hair to ca- cut your hair because you know they do a good job, but she's with somebody else. And then the one you know is going to do a bad job is always the one that happens to not be cutting anyone's hair at that time. And I always walk in, you know, just, I've, there's been times where I've just done like a full 180 and walked out. Because <laughs> this lady is always free. Anyway, I walk in yesterday, lo and behold, this lady is free. And I'm like, well, you know what? It's not my hair. <laughs> oh, no. Good luck, William. But <laughs> see you on the other side, brother. It. Yeah, but she nailed it. She nailed his hair. He comes out looking like a million bucks, fresh as. And I'm like, I'm just looking, I'm thinking, why can't you make me look good the way you make him look good? Mm. Just, anyway. Maybe there's less surface area to cover and, you know, maybe she's got her limits um, as far as sort of wrist action with scissors and clippers and things where the the little man's head is obviously a fraction of the size of your big glorious melon. So maybe she's just sort of got that sort of down to a fine science with children mm. but when the head grows larger she sort of runs out of ideas as far as best way to uh execute a haircut yeah. yeah i reckon that's right and i have a fat head as well that is that is i, I used to when i played cricket i always had like an extra large helmet because mm. i couldn't get the other ones on my yeah. my stupid head i'm wearing a beanie today which i never do but um it was really cold this morning i couldn't be bothered doing my hair or anything so i'm like bugger i'm putting a beanie on yeah just just um, just be like me and don't do your hair i, I literally rolled out of bed and was sort oh, of man. sitting here i got hair shooting out the back i got fringe swooshing around it's it's a you hell of a time glorious don't give me that shit you look glorious if you just rolled out of bed like that i'm gonna this is i'd take my beanie off but i'd be too embarrassed but i i i had to i have like a few um beanies from like we get them with our bulldogs member packs i'm wearing a bulldogs beanie for our mm. audio listeners go the dogs and I went to uh, go the dogs, and I went to put on the one from this year, the 2018 beanie, and I could not get it on my head. Oh no! It was too. It was like it was too tight. I'm like, oh, that's embarrassing. Mm. Um, so luckily, there was one that I found that that fit my my noggin. I, I wish I wish sporting clubs did less of the skull beanies though, and did more of sort of the swooshy loose type of beanies. Because mm. yeah, I've, I've got a lot of. Um, sports-based team beanies as well, but they're all so tight, or they're the ones yeah. that just look like these stupid little skull caps, and I just refuse yeah, yeah, yeah. to wear them. So, um, yeah. yeah, you know, sports marketing companies out there that listening to this podcast, lift your damn game on your beanies, please. Lift your damn game, indeed. Um, now, Brent, how about some news? How about we get into some news? Hell, about yes. Uh, now, as is the case every week, it has been a massive week in news. Far too big to fit every news story into the podcast as their own main topic. So, it's time for Rapid Fire News. However, we... I don't know I put the call out uh, the last few weeks about a, uh, a jingle for Rapid Fire News. And we've had some... We've had some... Uh, some people come to the table with some things. Sammy Deej had a few efforts. Uh, he's... I, I feel he's... I feel like he's leaving a little bit in the tank, though. I feel like he hasn't quite come with his A game with his jingles. I know that he's got... Uh, Sammy, I know you've got more in you. I know you've got more in you, my friend. I know that you can do this. Mm. So... Yeah, he's a talented little bugger. So, it would not surprise is. me if he's holding he back. Maybe, maybe he's keeping that jingle for himself for like an yeah. as-yet-unannounced project. <laughs> he, he releases a news podcast to <laughs> rival mine. Um, however, our boy John O'Peck has come to the table with a jingle for the show, which I've deemed worthy... He's done a fantastic job. The, I mean, it's still on. If somebody, I'll tell, I'm still putting it out there. If someone can get John St. John to do the, the, the jingle for Rapid Fire News, I will, I will bin every other entrant mm. for that. Um, so, without further ado, it's time for Rapid Fire. Oh, how good was that? Good job, John. I, I swear that was Duke Nukem himself 
uh, dropping that little that little jingle there. Um, Jono, as as everything else he does, it's just he, any, he touches anything and turns to gold. So um, mm. we mm. need to start calling him like Rumpelstiltskin or something like that. He is <laughs> he is weaving gold with everything he touches, Mister Peck. <laughs> oh, Rumpelstiltskin! Jeez, that's a throwback. That mm-hmm. takes me way back. That takes me way back. Rumpelstiltskin. I oh, thank you for that, Jono. You have, are the reigning champion of the jingle for. Rapid Fire News. Uh, so, speaking of which, Rapid Fire News. First story. Oh, and this is a doozy. Donald Trump has been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. I mean, if the world can't get any crazier, this is a man who I, I feel has not uh, epitomized what I think the Nobel Peace... As, 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 a, as a dude, mm. I think he's almost the, the antithesis of what that price stands for. However, due to the recent events with North Korea, um, the US-led sanctions, etc., and so on, uh, seem to have worked in bringing the two Korean nations together for their summit last week, which is great. The, the denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula seems to be on the cards. And so the Republican Party, 18 Republicans, have, have nominated Donald Trump for the Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, Brennan, what what do you make of this? Where, where do you come down on this? What's... I, I can't even... I mean, I don't even know where I stand on this. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like, on, on one hand, I think you hit hit it right out of the park from the get-go where old Donald Trump, he definitely does not embody anything that you, you'd consider um, mm. based around that sort of basis for the Nobel Peace Prize. Like, he is as far in the other direction. In, in my mind, like, obviously, I'm not, a, not an expert on these proceedings mm. and, and these criteria, but... He's definitely polarizing uh, to be to be in discussion. Um, I've, I've sort of looked into it a little bit more with this week leading up to recording, and and obviously Obama um, received a similar mm. nod, even even probably less so deserving than, than Trump, yep. and that seems to be yep. definitely the the climate on those two talking points where he just pretty much rolled into office and and you know got yeah. got this same consideration, and and he he sort of didn't. Um, didn't piss around in the wind on it. He sort of said, "I'm not really over, He's overly not deserving. Yeah. There's a lot of more people that deserve this this uh, acknowledgement more than I do." But uh, yep. yeah, it, it seems to be a consistent though around the political climate where there there is a lot more people saying yes he is right like trump in in question mm. here is rightfully deserving of this nod mm. um because he is sort of the 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 tip of the spear as far as trying to uh get get korea into line and and sort of yep. uh make uh mr jong-un accountable uh mm-hmm. for, for lack there of a better term so it's um yeah it's it's just it's a hard one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it just it, it does not surprise me at all. Like no. um, Trump, the the you know living, breathing parody that just keeps on uh, keeps on taking and keeps on giving and, and getting all kinds of weird acknowledgements. Like it's mm. the world today is so strange, um, <laughs> isn't it? My goodness, it is so bizarre. And um, mm. he is definitely the the poster child for said said strangeness. But um, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Like it sounds. It sounds like he is joining forces with obviously other nations to to um, yeah get rid of this uh, this potential nuclear threat and um, fix up that Korean Peninsula as a whole. So um, that's nice. Uh, obviously, mm. Kim Jong Un is one of those uh, those more volatile uh, figureheads out there that could could sort of bring nuclear war at the press of a button. So it's it's nice to see that they're they're trying to tighten up those barriers and those borders and and 
get him in line, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. You know, I, I yeah. think similar to Putin, old uh, Kim Jong Un, um, mm. he he walks to the beat of his own drum, and um, mm. I don't know, I don't know. What, what do you think? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think you, you, you know you make a good point about the Obama thing, and, and <clears throat> again, like with the Ob- with Obama, he just all he really did was run a good campaign mm. and sort of he and but he stood for something, and I th- he hadn't really done anything to warrant the award, Obama, but he, he sort of stood for something. I think that's why he got it at the time. And, you know, are definitely arguments to be made that he wasn't worthy and, and you know, rightfully so, because he hadn't really done anything. But in a vacuum, what Trump's done with North Korea is worthy of the Nobel Peace Prize. Absolutely. Mm. Um, if, if that is, if that comes to fruition and, you know, because North Korea... And not to be trusted. Like we need to remember that. Like these guys have done, have pulled this kind of shit before. There's a reason that no other American president has met with North Korea because we never want to like legitimize them and that kind of thing. As you know, now that they like, like if you think about North Korea and when like Donald Trump meets with Kim Jong Un and like shakes his hand, that that completely legitimizes them as their own nation. That that will be played in North Korean propaganda for mm-hmm. decades and decades to come. Um, so I think in a vacuum, that act on its own denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula, if it comes to to pass, absolutely worthy of Nobel Peace Prize. Like it is, it is you know a great feat. But I still think you have to look at you know the man as a whole, and I still just don't feel that he embodies what that like. This is a man who taunted this guy to look like on Twitter. Like he taunted him to. Um, you know, to launch these these missiles and call him Rocket Man and, and this mm-hmm. kind of stuff, and just the way he sort of carries himself, I just feel like it's, it's it's like I said, the antithesis of what the Nobel Peace Prize stands for. And I, I, I mean, I know they're sort of making the um, uh, what are they calling it? Um, peace, peace by strength, or yeah, yeah, like, peace by strength sort of, is what they're they're sort of going with is his catchphrase. Mm, yeah, and, and, you know, so I don't know. I mean. <laughs> I guess we just have to hope that somebody else does something because I, I don't know. I, I just it just doesn't sit right with me. Uh, like the, the yeah. one thing that nobody's talking about. I wonder if Donald Trump planted Dennis Rodman as like a sleeper agent <laughs> in these, in this sort of uh, in the proceedings leading up to this, and 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 Rodman is actually sort of on on Trump's employee, and he was over there sort of you know digging and picking and prodding and trying to open up. Uh, Mr. Jong-un to uh, these potential talks and everything like that. So I reckon he could be a, a bit of a wild card that no one's talking about here. Oh, look, that's probably... That is definitely on the cards. That is definitely on the cards. Uh, next story. Avengers Infinity War has biggest opening weekend of all time. I mean... Justified. These, justified, absolutely. Disney just keep knocking it out of the park. Um, it surpassed The Force Awakens domestically in the US. It, ju- it passed the 250 million mark, um, passing Force Awakens, which was sitting at 248 mil. Uh, and then, and then worldwide as well, it passed. It smashed the fate of the Furious, which was the um, the the other biggest opening weekend of all time, which I think was something like 530 million mm-hmm. and uh, or 550, something like that. And it's um, it's gone way past it with 630 million dollars worldwide. And this movie has not even opened in China yet. Yeah, this this movie is just on a whole nother level as far as as hype and and it's ticket juggernaut. sales and everything like that attached to it. Um, it's great to see because you know you and I have both seen in Avengers: Infinity War and we mm. both have extremely high praise for the movie so it's good that it isn't just 
resting on the laurels and the name and, and the, the cast um, attached mm. to it. Uh, it is a genuinely fantastic film and one of the best in that Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, Disney, as you, as you touched on, they now have nine of the ten biggest domestic debuts of yep. all time. Yep. Um, the only one sort of not tied to that, obviously, was Jurassic World. Yeah, uh, but everything else like Disney, Disney are going to own the entire universe when it's all said and done. They just keep swallowing up corporations and yeah. entities left, right, and center. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, it's it's insane. I'm I'm curious to see once once this film does get that release in China, where it does land, sort of uh, mm. all time. Uh, but it's yeah. obviously it's well on the on the right track to uh, smash every record there is out there, and, and it's it's mm. insane to me that. That just seems to keep happening. You know, the last yeah. sort of 36 months, you hear this movie coming out in Breaking Records, it's new Top Dog, and then like two mm. months later, something else comes out and goes, you know what, hold my beer. Boom, they're yeah, up exactly. there. The next hold one, the beer. next one. Yeah. And it just, it's it's a great time to be like a cinema buff, I feel. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Solo comes out in a couple of weeks and um, I, I saw something, uh, an article today that said that it's pre, like it's pre-order... Um, ticket numbers uh, smashing records as well. So mm. it's on track to pass. Um, whatever was it on track to pass? I said, uh, I can't remember what movie it was. Maybe it was Black Panther um, as far as pre-orders go. So uh, th- this is get, like, again, they just keep... And, and I feel like Solo is a movie that has had like minimal hype mm-hmm. behind it. Like I, there is no hype train, you know, compared to, I guess with Avengers compared to Avengers. Yeah. Like, everyone seems to be very tepid on Solo, but how its numbers are sort of tracking as far as... Um, like pre-order tickets and that kind of thing, um, you know, bodes well for it. So hopefully it can be of some quality. But uh, yeah, I mean Disney. I mean you can't fault them. Um, you know they haven't. They haven't. I mean you could. I. I mean I don't think they've made a bad. Like they haven't buried anything yet. Whether people start to get sick, like we spoke last week about um, Avengers fatigue and that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Whether people start to get sick of you know the Marvel movies or the Star Wars movies and that remains to be seen. I guess if the quality dips, then maybe. But. Um, I mean, it's a good time to be a nerd, that's for sure. 100%. And um, yeah, Solo, like I was I was pretty meh leading up to it. Mm. Uh, but seeing mm. sort of the most recent trailer, the one obviously that they're, they're bookending on, on most Avengers screenings as well, and rightfully mm. so, it looks mm. great. It's got this real sort of um, spy um, heist-based vibe to it, which, which mm. I love. Um, and, mm. and the cast looks phenomenal. So um, yeah. I'm keen to get along. I don't really sort of pre-order tickets for films because um, there's that many screenings, especially on those that first week or two. You could you could walk yeah, yeah. into any cinema around any anywhere in the country and find a damn ticket. So, mm. uh, but it'll be interesting to see where where it lands um, on that sort of opening box office weekend. Mm, absolutely. But go watch Avengers: Infinity War immediately. Absolutely, go and do that. Uh, next story: WWE veteran Kane. Mm-hmm. Wins Republican primary and is set to run for mayor of a county in Tennessee. Uh, this is just funny story. It's, it's uh, the best. Glenn, Glenn Jacobs, uh, obviously also known as Kane from WWE fame, um, wins the Republican primary. He's going to be, you know, it's looking like he's going to be mayor. The The Republican um, Party has never lost a, um, an ele- not for a 40 years or something, in that... Um, in that county, so uh, almost guaranteed that this man's going to be Mayor Kane, the Big Red Machine. Oh yeah, well, well, this sort of follows on the back of like Jesse the Body Ventura. Yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, you could almost 
weave in a little bit of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Trump. They've all had affiliations yeah. with the WWF back then and WWE yeah. now. Um, yep. It's certainly not uncommon for the, the day of the professional wrestler to dip their toe into the political climate. Mm. Um, but yeah, apparently like he, he does pretty well. The, the people around um, in sort of Tennessee, I think he's tied in around somewhere in Knox County, if I can remember yep. right. Um, yeah, he, he's very well regarded in there. Um, one thing I found pretty funny is he's trying to get the IRS eliminated and income tax yeah. ended. So Fantastic. no more taxing, boy. <laughs> um, which, you know, would probably appeal to a lot of people out there. But um, yep. yeah, he slammed his way to victory, which is uh, phenomenal. Um, 51 yep. years young, um, still mm-hmm. still wrestling here and there when required. But um, yep. yeah, now he's shifting that focus more so onto the political um, mm-hmm. campaign. So so we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, he could be he could be president in a couple of years. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. It's funny to think about like some of these uh, like WWE people and like and just think about like some of the storylines that they've been involved in over the years. Like I just think about like Kane specifically when I when I first got into wrestling, I'm not really I, I sort of, you know, just sort of keep a rough sort of like eye on what's happening mm-hmm. um, to the side, like on Twitter and that kind of thing. But I don't watch it anymore. I haven't done for, for a long time, but I used to be right into it. It was like, it was massive for me as a kid. Um, I remember when I started in 2003, it was right when Kane like became unmasked Kane. Yes. When he went like big red machine to big red monster. And he had that big feud with like, he t- tombstone Linda McMahon and he, and mm-hmm. he had the feud with Shane McMahon. And this is the guy who like set Shane McMahon on fire or uh, like, strapped him to a to a um to the turnbuckle and you know jump a cable his nuts yeah. and uh, yeah God. it was um it's it's funny like you look at his resume and you see things like that and and when obviously he first made his debut as Kane and he, and he couldn't talk and then they gave him the the like electronic voice box to make his make his oh, words God. and then yeah the mask totally came away and it's like no you're not did, a burnt freak you're just a really ugly big man <laughs> yeah 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 didn't he have like a necrophilia storyline at one point he did he did um <laughs> he he had some interesting ones um he, even like they had a love angle with him and and it was all a fake like oh, i think yeah. triple h like was was paying off this woman to, to love right. him then they yeah, found yeah. it was like no nah, played you can't suck it no one's gonna love you because yeah. you're ugly yeah. and, da, 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 yeah. and all this then he married leader yeah Remember when he married yeah Lita? forced oh, leader into marriage um i think she was with edge back in those days i think it was a yeah. feud with edge there yeah um, yeah yeah but yeah, I'm, I'm like he's a hell of a worker. Um, we'll see. Mm. We'll see how he works on the in the political space. But um, mm. yeah, the big red machine yeah. doing things for Knox yeah. County. Yeah, just a funny story. Just a funny story. Uh, next story: Cambridge Analytica closes its doors, files for bankruptcy. This is uh, you know, this is obviously a follow-on from the um, the Facebook. Uh, and I just want to touch on this one quickly, but sort of the the Facebook fallout scandal around the sort of election issues and tampering and this kind of thing and um you know basically they've had because of all the bad press all of their uh you know clients and everything have jumped ship or Mm -hmm. abandoned them basically um you know rightfully or wrongfully so they've come out and said that you know what they've they've been crucified for what is generally accepted in their sort of industry um whether you agree with that or not is i guess you know completely up to you but uh i mean I almost see this as sort of like, well, you play with fire, you're going to get burnt kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, it's it's interesting because obviously without without data, these data centers uh, have have no value and, and cannot mm. maintain or generate any revenue. Um, yep. I, I I've done a little bit sort of in in the real world designing security systems and things for places like this, and the the one consistency which has surprised me, um, you know, I'm not going to name specific names of things, but mm. they're the 
the data integrity there does leave a little bit to be desired. Um, some of yeah. the some of the systems and protocols they've put in place uh, to try and circumvent hackers and things like that are a little bit interesting, um, to say mm. the least. So, uh, I, you know, this this isn't the first. This won't be the last. As as you said, um, they did mention sort of Cambridge mentioned. You know, where 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 within in the in the rights or you know this isn't uncommon or whatever the exact verbiage you mentioned as far mm. as as how they handle that, like. Um, this is probably happening on the daily, not even just sort of through through Cambridge and such, but all over the world. Um, there, there's yeah. data centers everywhere holding all kinds yeah. of sensitive in- information. And yeah, uh, yeah we'll, we'll keep hearing things like this because uh, mm. it's risky. And, and where there is a IP vulnerability, people are going to get in there and, and take whatever data they can. Like the other day I was on a site and we did a security audit and this um, site was getting hacked via the IP address on the air conditioner. Because it wasn't sort of what? up to level on the security protocol. People can just ping certain devices on the network, yeah. find that right. vulnerability, brute force their way in, and then you know obviously get access to everything else that's on said network. So it's Gee, it it's going to keep happening. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, if if anything, hopefully this will just bring light to sort of some of these practices. And and, and you know, they they I think the verbiage that they used was it's um it's common practice. That's it. Yeah. And it's and it's why and it's widely accepted. I think it's common practice, but I definitely don't think it's widely accepted. It's definitely frowned upon. So um, hopefully this just brings to light these sort of data companies and and you know analytics companies and on their practices and like the banks at the moment who are under massive pressure and here in Australia. Um, hopefully you know some of these shady massive corporations the shady sort of practice and stuff start mm-hmm. to get called out and uh you know we can start having our, our privacy looked after and you know these kinds of things definitely next story former afl star dane swan has naked video of himself leaked now uh we have a question a listener question sent in just in regards to this story and sort of linked to a couple of other ones brendan elizabeth de writes into it is what it is and asks do you think there needs to be stricter laws and punishments for bullying, cyberbullying, and also sharing of compromising pictures of people? Recently, we have had the death of Dolly Everett due to bullying and the father who attacked his child's bully in Brisbane. And while I don't condone what the man did to this child's bully, to his child's bully, I do empathise with him. He was clearly frustrated and might not have been in that situation in the first place had there been stricter punishments and guidance around bullying to start with. Uh, it's a great question, Elizabeth. Very well worded. Thank you for sending that in. Um, yeah, I think this is an interesting one. There's obviously been a lot happening in the news lately um, with you know bullying and cyberbullying. You know, every couple of weeks is a story of a young person who you know takes their own life or you know something terrible happens like mm-hmm. this because they're, they're bullied to a point of you know not seeing any other way out um and then there's always things like obviously it's dane swan basically he had a, you know it's a naked video of him from years and years ago but it's been you know somehow it's leaked out onto social media um there was the issue earlier in the year with the afl um the richmond player who um took a, a photo of a you know, his partner or the girl he was seeing naked and distributed around all his friends and it made its way to, to social media. Um, so there's, um, you know, this stuff just seems to be happening. Obviously, there's this Brisbane, the the father who attacked the, the child's bully. Um, I'm sure everyone's seen that video now. He sort of chokes him. But um, yeah, I mean, what, what do you think, Brendan? Do you think that as a society, we need to sort of start treating these issues with a little bit more stricter sort of punishments and these kinds of things to stop them from happening? 100%. Um, I, I completely agree that there needs to be 
severity or um yeah sort of various levels of severity attached to these types of actions um because mm. for one there's no accountability for it like mm. um the, the, these bullies out there when they do sort of get reprimanded it's mostly they'll turn out and like read a little little uh pre pre sort of written statement yeah, i'm yeah. sorry this will never happen again i, I didn't yeah. mean it i didn't know this affected this person in that way um yet on the other end like you, you talked about uh dane swan and with that revenge porn legislation from a few years back, you can get like jail time. You can get up to two yeah. years in prison for that, which yep. yes, it is very detrimental to a person's career, their character, their own well-being. But um, for bullying and things like that, especially with the youth, um, you know, you, you think back to when we went to school. You, you might you might sort of you know cop some things at school, but the second mm. you leave the playground you're out of touch. Like they can't yeah. find you on social media. They can't harass you mm. on, on various social networks. There's really nowhere mm. to hide. Obviously you can go offline and not be on those, but then you're also then ousted as a weirdo because you don't have your Facebook or your Instagram yeah. and all that. So it's sort of, um, you're damned if you do damned if you don't for some of these kids. And, and yeah, I see, I've got so. two much younger sisters than I, and um, one of my sisters has copped a bit of bullying here and there and sort of posted some things on social media and one of the nice things was that um, there must have been like a certain trigger word uh, that came up in a search algorithm. And the the police rolled up to my dad's house like within about two hours after she posted this thing, just sort of checking if she's okay and things, which is oh, great wow. on one hand. But that's the only time I've really heard those algorithms and that sort of cyber security um, and cyber sort of prevention right, yeah. area actually yeah. go into action. So... Yeah. Um, obviously, it's, it comes down to um, numbers, obviously, with, with staffing and things like that. They can't control every aspect of, of society or social media and, and be a presence everywhere. But it's definitely an area I think they need to invest more money into um, because mm-hmm. some of these kids um, and even, even adults, like like bullying is, is the same no matter how old or young you are. And it's, mm. yeah, pe- people need to be accountable for actions for sure. I, I would not have an issue with sort of signing something to say, yeah, I, I stand by this where they could face jail time, time or big fines or, or sort of criminal punishment in whatever regard. So no, I, I'm, I'm with Elizabeth on this one. Yeah, absolutely. No, I hundred percent agree. And it's, you know, especially as a father, like I, you know, that's going to be one of the things, you know, I hope that, you know, my son doesn't have to go through that kind of stuff. And like when, when you and I were kids, it was all sticks and stones, mm-hmm. you know, don't, you know, oh, it's just words, don't let it get to you kind of thing. But this day and age, obviously people are a lot more sensitive. Um, and you make a really good point about, you know, back when we were kids, it was, it was like on the playground, you know, people would bully you or whatever and you'd, you'd get sad about it and you'd go home, you'd tell mum and dad and they'd say, sticks and stones, break your bones, get over it, you know move on and that would be the end of it mm-hmm. and that, that would be it though because you would once you're out of school it wouldn't be you know yeah the, it'd have you know the effects of you know the dread going to school for the bullying and that kind of stuff but when you're out of school you're out of it these days you're in school you're copying it you walk out of school you're on your phone your social media you're copying it there it's you know it's it's all encompassing now that sort of you know there's no escape anymore from social circles and this kind of thing because of social media and that kind of thing so i think we have to treat you know, we, we have these, you know, laws and guidelines and the policing of this stuff, even in the schools, we, we have we have to adapt as a society to that mm-hmm. because the way the society has changed, like it's not sticks and stones anymore, get over it. It's these are having lasting effects on people. And you know, specifically with this, um, you know, this this father who attacked the, the kid's bully, like I, you know, I don't condone obviously what he did because you should never put your hands on anyone. Um, but I can, like Lizzie said, I can certainly empathize with this guy like 
I I can only just I mean as a father like I just think about anyone hurting my my son mm-hmm. and you just see red do you know what I mean like you, of course you're going to go into like primal protection mode um you know so I can definitely empathize with this guy you know he's he wanted to look after his kid this the, the the schools weren't doing anything about it and so he took it into his own hands but this is where like he shouldn't have had to have done that because it should have been something that as a society needs to be better um I guess we need to be better at educating these people better um, yeah there should and, be a process um, in place where you file that grievance with the school mm. you know they have to escalate it to a certain level mediation yep. whatever else if that doesn't get addressed then it goes up to another level and another level yeah you can't just yep. you can't just chuck it in the too hard basket or be like you know I've, I've acknowledged that I've written a form out no worries moving on you know says yep. says the says the uh, principal of the school or you know whoever heads this this body yeah, exactly, up locally yep. so um yeah I'm I'm with you like anybody you know anyone that i care about when they're threatened or bullied yeah you, you see red you, you become that sort of bull in a china shop and you just want to mm. you know you visualize and you think about reflecting yeah. the pain that they're feeling back onto the to the bully that's doing that but yeah yep. you, you can't obviously because otherwise we probably all end up in jail but um yeah exactly yeah yeah there needs to be a better way of handling this and in in this in this society in this day and age it should be it should be addressed and they should have had these sort of procedures in place years ago. Mm, Absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for your question. Uh, It is very much appreciated. Thank you for engaging. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to engage, if you've got a question, a topic, anything you would like us to discuss, you can email us. Hello at 8bit.net is that email. So make sure you send through your thoughts, feelings, desires, anything you want us to cover. Okay, Brennan, let's, uh, let's move on. To our main topics. The White House Correspondents' Dinner occurred over the past weekend, a once prestigious event held for the press who cover the White House. In past years, there would be A-list celebrities in attendance, and it would be an event not to be missed. The event has waned, however, in recent years, with President Trump not even attending the past two years. And it could be done for altogether if this year is anything to go by. Comedian Michelle Wolf, who emceed the event, has come under fire for her performance on the night. Wolf delivered a scathing roast to the crowd on just about every target she could. Trump was a clear target, Wolf referring, Wolf referring to him as a pussy for not showing up. She made abortion jokes that were met with groans from the audience. But the main criticism has come of her attack on press secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She attacked her for just about everything, from where she's from to her honesty and her looks. Pockets of people from across the political spectrum have criticised the performance, calling it sexist and mean-spirited. Along with Donald Trump, who called for the night to be abolished and referred to Wolf as filthy. Wolf responded on the night by telling the crowd that they should have done more research before they asked her to do this. So, are the Republicans and media being too soft and hypocritical by calling Wolf out? Or was Michelle Wolf over the line in her performance? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to sort of sit on one, one end of the, of the seesaw here. Um, mm. But I can sort of see it from both sides. Like, yeah. At, on the, and, and the so. most obvious one is where Michelle Wolf sort of said, yeah, you should have done your research. Obviously, you should have. Whoever's vetting these things should have yep. gone through and looked at her entire back catalogue and her body of works to sort yep. of see how yep. she is as a comedian. Uh, she, yep. she did deliver a few scathing little hot takes. Um, mm. I found them absolutely hilarious. Um, yeah. yeah, there were a few that were good. I, I, I particularly enjoyed the one where she said... Uh, 
when she called Donald Trump a pussy for not being there, and she's like, he's the only pussy in America you can't grab. Yeah, yeah, that one, that one got me damn good. Um, mm. Yeah, so uh, she she certainly certainly gave it to to um, yeah Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Uh, she mm. she copped a few. I had a bit of a giggle mm. about the. Um, uh, how she burns facts and uses them to mm. use the ash to create a perfect smoky eye. And then she did like yeah, a little yeah, Maybelline yeah. throwaway line about maybe yeah, she's yeah. born with it. Maybe it's lies. Maybe it's lies. It's yeah. definitely lies or whatever she said, or it's probably yeah, yeah. lies. Um, yeah. It's, it's interesting. Uh, th- mm. These things, these, these, uh, these events, uh, these dinners, they seem to be dwindling in popularity, at least with, with Trump mm. involved. Um, in, mm. in years past, I think there was a fairly high caliber of celebrity and socialite that would go to these things, but um, yep. from what I've I've heard, they're really dwindling. And, and he's he skipped, uh, obviously skipped the dinner, and that's the the first yep. time a president has since uh, Ronald Reagan. Um, and yep. obviously he he skipped due to an assassination attempt, um, yeah. where Trump was just hanging out in um in Michigan or whatever, trying to yeah roll up support. Well, he didn't go last year. Mm. He didn't go last year either, so he hasn't he hasn't attended either of them because I think he knows he's just going to cop it. Yeah, um, I, I think he's Seth like Meyer's I've actually year? sat on a on a on a roast before, so I'm 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 exempt from going to these things potentially. <laughs> so maybe that's why, maybe that's yeah. why. But um, I I truth be told, I didn't know who Michelle Wolf was until this this sort of story came to came mm. to pass. So I sort of did a bit yep. of digging, and yeah, she's she's always been a little bit more on the on the hotter end of the spectrum as far as uh, takes and shade go, but uh, yeah, very lewd. Yeah, but um. I don't know. I it, it's she she did what she was paid to do. Um, it, yeah. It's created created a, a talking point um, for the yeah. event. Maybe it's going to get a little bit more favoritism towards towards Trump or even especially towards uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders on this. Mm. Maybe uh, yeah. she she needed a bit more of a more of a vote and a more positive reinforcement. So it could could have been yeah. a plant. Maybe they've planted her in here to, to roast her a little bit to to sort of win her Maybe. a bit more crowd favor. Who knows? But um. Maybe. I don't know. I guess this almost ties back into uh, what's what's too far and what's considered bullying and things like that from the previous sort of uh, topic mm. we dove onto. But I don't know, man. I, I I I can see it from both sides, but I don't think it was was too far by any stretch of the no. imagination. Um, yeah. What about you? I'm very yeah. I'm very much in the middle on on this one as well. Like I'm I. I'm always, and I've always been of the opinion that I think comedy is, um, like, it's sacrosanct. And then it is that, especially, like, stand-up comedy and that kind of thing is that, you know, this is, these are jokes. And this is, unless you are being, like, overtly racist or something yeah. like that, or you're, or you're, you're spewing hate speech in, in your comedy, I don't, I think that you, it's sort of like, like, hands off. Like, comedy is comedy. And if you don't find it funny, that's fine. But you, we don't need to get, we don't need to get fucking upset about it. Um... Having said that, I don't really find Michelle Wolf funny to no. start with. Um, generally, like I saw her, the first time I was exposed to her was on um, uh, Seth Rogen's uh, the uh, comedy for a uh, hilarity for charity. Oh, uh, yep, which yep. is uh, an event that he he runs um, annually that raises money for Alzheimer's and this kind of thing. And I, so I saw her on that. So currently on Netflix, uh, and I I don't find her funny really at all. It's she's one of those. And, and I don't know, she's, she's just, I feel like she's very, uh, not cheap is not the word I'm looking for, but she, she's like, it's just, she's not very creative with her comedy. No. It's very lewd. It's very much that, you know, and she just talks about, I, I, I just don't find that kind of comedy funny and that's fine. Like I, that's, I don't, I'm not offended by it or anything like that. I just, I'm just like, yeah, you're not funny. Need a more, to me. Need a and, more fart jokes. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we need more dick and fuck jokes. <laughs> um, no, nah. which she does. Look, to be fair, she does plenty of that kind of. That's her kind of comedy shtick is the the dick and fart jokes, but obviously from the woman's perspective. And and I'm just not. I just don't find her funny. But that's you know that's my that's my interpretation of her as a comedian. There's plenty of other comedians I don't find funny as well. Um, I, I as far as I guess the we can call, we can let's just say if you know the rights uh, reaction to her performance, um, specifically the Republicans and, and that. They, I feel like they reacted, um, I, I find it very hypocritical in a way that, you know, if they are, they always toe the line of, you know, like they're always on the other side of it, right? Mm-hmm. Around predict- political correctness and that, isn't that? And, and Donald Trump is the most un-PC person that's ever lived, just about. Um, he has no filter. And for him to then come out and criticize this and for everyone else too, I find it a little bit of like, um, you know, they have a very, very, they have a very, very thinly um, put together glass house that they're throwing their stones from, and that had this been on the other side, and had the left been jumping up and down, and to be fair, the left, if this happened and it was on the other side, the left would be jumping up and down about this as well. Yeah. So let's let's not get that twisted. Um, you know, they would be saying, "Oh, get over it, it's comedy." Oh, you know, Trump would be saying something like, "You know, comedy is you know sacrosanct, and you know these they can't take a joke and this, that, and the other, and you know, but because it's." someone attacking them and the right and, and even some of the media has reacted negatively to it because um, Wolf attacked them as well. She said, she made a really good point about, she's like, you you all, you love Donald Trump. Like this really, and it really made a really good point I found. And she said some like real home truths and she's like, you know, you all love Donald Trump. You do like, you act like you hate him and you berate him and that, but he's made you like, he's keeping you guys in a job. You, you are profiting off his you know, disgracefulness, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think they like that at all. But I guess where the main criticism has come from has been the, I guess, the attacks on um, Sarah Huckabee. And, um, you know, I've got to say, look, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Like, she's, she's whatever. I, I think she's a very... Uh, uh, she's a very resilient person, considering, you know, Spicer and... Um, I can't remember the other guy's name was lasted two seconds in the job of press secretary and, and they were out and she's she's been there and she's copped it and she keeps copying it and she keeps fronting up so I, I respect her from that point of view in, the, in her resilience um, but I, I did find the I found a little bit mean-spirited some of the stuff that Wolf said to her um, it, it sort of seemed like she she was like punching down on, on Sarah Huckabee but mm. To her credit, she she copped it, you know, as she does continually. She's always copying it. Um, so from that point of view, I can sort of see. I'm like, yeah, okay. And if it had been on the other side, and it had been, you know, a white man berating somebody else or anyone, I, I probably would have felt the same way. I, I would have been okay. Sometimes it's, you know, you're being a bit. Now you're just being mean. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so it's it is a it is a hard one. Um, it's just something I wanted to bring to light because it's sort of funny that and similar to the Kanye and we'll talk more about Kanye. My in a goodness. The Kanye story from last week in that normally people would, um, you know, if a, if a, you know, a prominent black person was speaking up against the right, they're always told to shush up and shush down and this kind of thing and keep, you know, keep your opinions to yourself. But when they speak up, it's, you know, it's funny to see the flip side of it when, you know, everyone gets behind you know, Kanye when he's obviously supporting Trump and that kind of thing, when the right gets behind him. Um, and this is a similar sort of issue in that, you know, the right is now getting up and all now they're all for political correctness and this, that, and the other. And, you know, it's sort of like, well, put your shoes on the other foot. You know, you guys are quite the opposite. Mm-hmm. But, um, 
yeah, I just I just found it a sort of a funny little um, little thing. But this, yeah, the event itself, I think um, it's probably run its run its course. I think. Yeah. Like, is it just okay. literally right. a, a dinner to celebrate, like, um, like, like, mm. like the the president sort of who who is you know in in Parliament at at the time, or like I, I don't so know what, much about the, this correspondence dinner. Like, what is the yeah. aim of said dinner? Um, apart, so what? It, it's it's a wank fest. Yeah. So it is it is literally an event for the meat. So you know when like in all different um you know categories spectrums i guess if it's sports or whatever the media always have the media dinner like mm-hmm. you know that's all the sports reporters get together and they have their dinner and you know games journalism does it as well and this is basically the white house you know, the political all the political dc reporters they all get together and have a, a dinner and there's awards given out and this kind of thing okay. so yeah, you know yeah. it's normally like you know it's a fun it, it had been in previous years a fun event and there is always a, a comedian there who pokes fun at the president and this that, and the other and it's generally in in good in good spirit um i think the this one uh, I think it was Seth Myers who did it last year, um, and he took a similar tact. It wasn't obviously as uh, over the top as Wolf, um, and this one was, uh, you know, taken that next that next sort of step yeah. because of the sort of the type of comedian that Wolf was. But to be fair, they should have done their research about Michelle Wolf before they put her up there if they were worried about this was the kind of thing that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. So she's very much that type of comedian. So they should have seen this coming a mile away. All right, Brendan, let's uh, let's move along. Dragon energy and shit! God damn, Kanye West has done it again. If you didn't think the man could be any more off the reservation, Kanye, in an interview with TMZ, stated that, quote, When you hear about slavery for 400 years, for 400 years, that sounds like a choice. Like, you was there for 400 years, and it's all of y'all? Suggesting, of course that it's the fault of African-Americans that slavery lasted 400 years and it was their fault for being there. I'm not sure if there's any more to discuss on this issue. I just wanted to point out again what I did last week in that Kanye West has always been a fuckwit. So why anyone is surprised by any of the bullshit that this man speaks is beyond me. No one should take him seriously. He is a fool. Now, Brennan. We do, we do need, I, I say we, there's nothing to discuss, but there is something to discuss in this. And that, again, and I'll say, and I've always felt this way. So this isn't sort of like a new thing. Everyone seems to be jumping on the Kanye hate bandwagon, but I've always thought he's a fucking idiot. Um, this is just uh, justifying my, my feelings. On oh, the man yeah. Even it's, it's definitely further reinforcement of those feelings. That's, that's for damn mm. sure. Like, um, yeah, he's always been a polarizing individual for for mm-hmm. good and bad reasons. More often, uh, bad reasons it seems as of late. But um, mm. my goodness, what a narrow-minded, idiotic fucking thing to say! Like idiot, idiot. It, it's it's one of the stupidest things I've heard come out of his mouth. I think um, you know, yeah. I'm I'm not a not a, a Kanye West hater or a Kanye West apologist or anything like that. But um, my lordy. Uh, that is a big, big, big black mark, and, and almost like a you know a slap in the face of of his ancestors mm. and his family and his peers and his friends and his fans. Yeah, um, yeah. To just try and dismiss four hundred years of slavery and oppression and and everything else that comes with it, uh, it's mm. it's in very, very, very poor taste. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know whether he is being. If he's if like I did float last week that there is a potential that all of this is just him doing you know weird Kanye stuff to try and build hype for his music and that kind of thing, but 
I just, I, I felt like even if it is that, this is just a fucking idiotic thing to say. Like, and someone brought up a um a good point to me during the week. Sam, um, Sammy Deej, speaking of Sammy Deej, um, tweeted something at me. He tweeted this at me and said, you know, this is the reason why Kanye is a bad role model. And and it is, and I sort of dismissed it last week as, you know, oh, this everyone, why is everyone getting upset about this Trump thing? You know, why people shouldn't take what Kanye says seriously anyway. But I guess the issue is, is that there is a, unfortunately, and and bizarre, to, bizarre as it is to me, is that there is a very large sect of the population who really look to this guy for some form of, I don't know, guidance and, and you know, as he's an authority on, I guess, the world and the way things are. And that is dangerous in itself if mm. this is the way that he's conducting himself. And, and you know, he's basically, yeah, he's, he's saying things like... Um, uh, fuck, what was her name that... I spoke about it last week. Anyway, she, the, there's this right-wing sort of... Um, uh, is an African African American sort of lady, and she's always very much of like the yeah, yeah, slavery is a choice, and you know, Black Lives Matter is just people complaining and playing the victim and this, that, and the other, and um, really damaging sort of stuff. And you know, him saying these things is very irresponsible. And you know, I, I just yeah, I, I mean, I've, like I said, Kanye's a dickhead, but I think people need to be like, I guess, aware of that in their mm. following of him as a, as a figure of authority. Yeah, and, and especially on the back end of that, like this this sort of press blitz he's doing for this this album coming up. Um, he he mm. did a, a, a lengthy interview with Charlemagne, who's another uh, American radio and TV sort of personality over there, and they talked about how he takes medicine to manage his mental health. Yep. Um, yet that sort of gets, I guess, swept under the rug. Um, yep. so, so maybe there is a little bit of those... Um, mental health imbalances there that are making him fire off hot takes like this. But I, I think mm. at the same time, that's probably given him too much credit and he's just a genuine idiot. Um, yeah. 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 But I, I guess a lot of the time you hear in media, any press is good press and he's got a new album coming out. So it's mm. certainly keeping him relevant and keeping him as a focal point at sort of the, the water cooler discussions at work and things like that. Like, hell, mm. we're talking about mm. it right now. So yeah, exactly. maybe that's yeah, all part yeah. of their media blitz. Um, I don't know, but it's... It's disgusting. Um, yeah. If there is an ounce of truth, if if he genuinely believes that kind of stuff, then man, yeah. Um, it, it's an interesting point you make about you know yeah he's keeping us he's keeping himself in the conversation. You know we are again this is two weeks in a row we've had we've had a topic about Kanye West, a person who I have very much disliked for a very long time. Um, I mean I guess that's not really saying much. I talk about Trump just about every week, and I very much dislike him as well. But you know. He's, he's in the conversation, he's forefront of minds, but how far is, you know, how far is too far with this kind of stuff? At what point does, you know, if we think about Kanye on the spectrum, like, you know, back in the day, it was, you know, him getting up and, and embarrassing Taylor Swift at the MTV Awards was, you know, mm-hmm. the thing that, you know, polarized him, made a heap of people call him a dickhead, but also rallied a heap of people sort of, you know, in his favor. And they thought, yeah, you know, let's get behind Kanye. And mm. he just says what he thinks and right, right. But like, at what point do his followers then go, well, what's, you know, what's a bridge too far? Like, at what point do they go, you know what? You know, last week, some of them might have been like... Because I know a heap of people have jumped off because of his support of Trump. So, that's already had... I feel like a negative impact on him. You know, and but a lot of people were still were like, you know, oh, well, you know, it's his beliefs and, you know, this is the way he feels and he's just being truthful and blah, blah, blah. But surely this is a bridge too far for those people now that they can't su- continue to support mm. him in this way when he says stuff like this. Like, how could you? Like how how could you possibly? 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, I think there is very much a, a just a speak without thinking mentality with him, and, it, and it's always been that way. Um, he, he's very mm. much just going off half cocked on, on most things. Um, but it's it's interesting too because the the upbringing he had, his his parents were mm. very, very. Um, his dad much, was a black panther. Yeah, and, and, and his mum participated in, in um, sit-ins, I think is the right term yep. for it, where they yep. obviously um, occupy areas for protests and things like that, tied into yep. political and social, social change and, and whatnot. So um, yep. he definitely comes from an educated upbringing. You'd, you'd assume yeah. so anyway. Yeah, uh, he's not an idiot. Like, I mean, he's an idiot, but he's not... I mean, he is stupid and he is an idiot, but I don't think he's not... I think he's intelligent. Yeah. I think he's just, I think he's just not using his intelligence... In the way that he should be, yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've he's like I said last week. He's he's the biggest contrarian that's ever lived. So there, are, you know, he could possibly there is a very real possibility that he's just doing this stuff as a. Someone made the suggestion. I saw an article today that it's perfor- that this is him just being. It's just performance art. Like he's doing. It's all. This is his sort of like. This is like a work of art from him, kind of like a Shia LaBeouf type kind of thing, where you know he uses himself being crazy t- as a piece of work of art would not surprise me in the slightest if that was the case mm. Mm. would actually make more time. sense to me if yeah. that was the case yeah yeah absolutely absolutely but i guess on that uh as i said last week ladies and gentlemen boys and girls if you are basing your world views and your morals on things that kanye west says you need to reevaluate mm-hmm. things could not have said it better <laughs> yeah okay let's uh, let's wrap this one up the issue of cultural appropriation is back in conversation this week after a young lady, 18-year-old Kaziah Dom from Salt Lake City, Utah, wore a traditional Chinese dress to her prom. The red Kai Pao she sported in photos that she tweeted out simply with the heading of Prom sent Twitter into meltdown. It all started when Jeremy Lamb, a young Twitter user, quote tweeted the photos and said, My culture is not your goddamn prom dress. This started a social media war from both sides. Some trying to tear down the young lady for appropriating someone else's culture for her own enjoyment, and others backing the girl, stating that she had done nothing wrong at all and was just showing her appreciation for the garment. Gaziah herself tweeted out in response, I mean no disrespect to Chinese culture, I'm simply showing my appreciation to their culture. So where do we fall on this issue? Is it wrong for a white girl to wear a traditional Chinese garment to her prom? Or... Are people just getting their knickers in a twist once again? I, I think there's a bit of uh, knicker twisting going on here. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I think it was all fine. The only part when I was sort of reading and, and doing a little bit more sort of research onto this was when you see one of the group photos with her and her friends and they are doing a um, sort of an Asian-esque pose, um, mm. which which I think was a little bit on the nose. Um well, it came out that with that, because that was the thing, another toy, yeah, heap of people mm. saying, oh, you know, they're, they're making fun of it when she's doing this, this, um, this gesture, yeah, this pose. But it, uh, that then turned out to be a, uh, what's the guy from H3H3? Uh, Ethan Klein. Yeah, Ethan Klein. It was a, it was sort of an ode to him and had nothing to do with sort of like the, because she was doing like the peace sign with her hands. Yeah. Um, it was like an ode to, to H3H3 and Ethan Klein. And um, he's since come out and sort of, you know, backed her up and confirmed that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. This, this is, I, I, you know, culture. People talk about cultural appropriation quite a lot, and it's an interesting issue, and it's definitely multifaceted. And there's, I think, there's some things that are, 
you know, all right. So sort of someone wears like a, an Indian headdress or something like mm. that, that can be a little bit, you know, sometimes that kind of stuff's disrespectful and people can find it disrespectful and that kind of thing. But for this specific situation, I feel like it's just someone appreciating another culture. Yeah. And, 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 I- and one thing I actually really, really liked, um, was when they were, when they were interviewing, um, Kazaya on uh, on Today mm. Style, she was saying she loved the dress more so because of the modest neckline. So it wasn't you know showing excessive amounts of skin or mm. massively form fitting and things like that. She really liked um, the uniqueness and, and the, the how gorgeous it was, um, which yeah. which I thought yeah. was nice. And it's a, it's a big change of pace. Like you you see people today, it's it's more and more skin seems seemingly getting yeah. exposed. Uh, when, yeah. when she went the other end of the spectrum, which is which was great. Yeah, a bit more modest. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think generally as a rule, cultural appropriation is a good thing because it, especially for like a country like ours and a country like America, as we're such a multicultural society, mm. it's, it brings people together. It helps us appreciate and learn more about like the the theory of being, I guess, anti-cultural appropriation to me is, is I, th- I think, very uh, anti-progressive. Um, in that, you know, we should be appropriating each other's culture and we should be embracing each other's culture. We should be bringing all these things together. And, you know, yeah, like I want to know more about, you know, I want to embrace the, a Japanese culture or a Chinese culture or an Indian culture or, you know, whatever it is, even our Aboriginal culture for, our, you know, our Native Australians, you know, and, and it, to, you know, understand it better and enjoy it and embrace it. And yeah, I mean, look at all the amazing things that our country has been able to do because of the multiculturalism. You know, we have things like, you know, I guess we wouldn't have plumbing. We wouldn't be out. We wouldn't have toilets if it wasn't for the Italian, you know, migrants who came here, you know, back in the day. Um, you know, the amazing cuisines that we have, you know, Chinese food, Japanese, in, like Thai, Indian, all the amazing cultures that we embrace. If we all just stick to our own cultures and don't, you know, use these and appropriate them and, and mm. embrace them, we wouldn't have... The amazing world that we do. So I, I always find the the discussion of this, you know, unless it's it's distasteful, like blackface and these kinds of things, obviously should be you know should be looked upon in that way. In that yeah, okay, that's inappropriate. You don't need to do that. Um, but specifically this situation, this girl, all she did was really appreciate someone's culture, a beautiful dress, and and wanted to embrace it. And she's been right, I think, rightfully backed up by a lot of um, you know. Chinese, prominent Chinese people in, you know, media and that kind of thing. Mm. And, um, you know, and rightfully so. Uh, she also got verified on Twitter due to this. So, uh, <laughs> tick, I guess, for her on that one. Mm. Um, but uh, another sort of touching point on this was the guy who tweeted this out. Um, it, it sort of some people went back through his Twitter feed and and this Jeremy Lamb and had a look at some of the things he'd said. And he's, he's dropped the N-word, you know, many times through his Twitter feed. He's, he said something like, there was a tweet he put out where he's like, oh, I'm eating uh, tamales with chopsticks. This is why America's great, which is literally like the, you know, the, the, <laughs> like that is cultural appropriation. Mm-hmm. It, it is pure. It's he's like, you know, he's eating tamales with chopsticks. It's like, dude, like, and so I think he was being very inflammatory with his comments and maybe trolling a bit. Um, he's since come out and said, oh, you know, well, I said things in my past that I'm not proud of. And, you know, am I not allowed to, to grow as a person, this, that, and the other? And it's like, well, aren't you being then quite hypocritical and yeah. maybe you're not letting this girl, you know, experience life and grow, grow as a person and understand things? Not that this, is, I should think, should even be an issue. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's just a... People just... People just get so upset. Over nothing. About... Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and and it really is a nothing issue. And I, I mean, and I, I find it, a nothing issue. I but. find it hilarious too that yeah, that Jeremy Lamb, how how he was like, my culture is not your goddamn prom dress, and yet he was, yeah. as you said, like making fun or, or sort of poking at, at other cultures and societies um, mm. with, with previous social media posts, and and yeah, mm, you got to mm, you got to mm. be careful. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna get up on that hill and die on it, you got to make sure that uh, you didn't leave too many bodies in your wake. Um, yeah, exactly. you know climbing that hill but uh, spot on spot yeah on. it's 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 interesting and yeah I, I don't I don't see an issue with it um, as, as you yeah. said when, when it is more in that sort of vein of, of blackface and things yes definitely that is that is some things I'm never going to get on side with but mm. this was all in good taste yep absolutely question for you I had someone uh, I was talking to someone about this issue earlier in the week and um, and they they were sort of talk, we, were, we were talking about this and we they brought up a like something like, um, you know, it's not really cultural appropriation, but uh, how would you feel if someone, as far as like, you know, wearing different, like, not say costumes or like, whatever, like if you went to a, like a dress fan to dress up party mm-hmm. and someone's wearing a Nazi costume, how how would something like that make you feel? Yeah, like, like I guess it's a little on the nose, obviously mm-hmm. because there is a lot more of a, a, a negative stigma and, and the history to back it all up, mind you, mm-hmm. um, attached mm-hmm. to that uniform. Um, it, it's all well and good if maybe they rolled into uh, a sort of dress-up party dressed in Lederhausen, you know, as a traditional sort of um, outfit like that. But when they are, I guess, indirectly promoting and acknowledging and and, and trying to bring to light the, the fucking harsh hardships of World War Two and everything else surrounding mm. that, um, yeah, I, I think that's a little that's that's very much in bad taste. Um, yep. Like, un- unless that person was a genuine descendant of someone that was in in the, the, the Reich or something, and it was more of a, I'm standing with my An family ode. heritage. Yeah, like I could, <laughs> I could, in a roundabout kind of way, go, okay, you're proud of where you, your upbringing or your family you or whatever. Be proud of that, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but if it is just Joe Schmo that lives down the street um, that's doing that just for the kicks, then yeah, you know, mm. that's that's poor form. What about you? Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Yeah, I, I feel a similar way. I don't. Uh, I, 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 I myself wouldn't wear a Nazi uniform. But um, uh, there is one. Uh, I had seen someone wear a Nazi uniform to a, a fancy dress party, but that was an a, an offensive. Like the the theme of the party was a, to be offensive. Okay. So it was like wear the most offensive sort of garment. People rocked up in Nazi uniforms. Like okay, what did, what did you dress up as? Uh, I didn't go. Ah. I saw pictures of it. <laughs> what would you have dressed up as if you could think of something to, to dress as the most offensive? I was going to say Kanye West, but I I, I wouldn't do that because I don't know how I would dress up because I wouldn't do the blackface thing. Mm. I just as a moral as a moral thing, I just wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to do that because um, but he's very offensive. Maybe I'd wear like a Cosby sweater or something. That's pretty to, good. Uh, the little sort yeah. of little subtle nod. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, um, some pudding or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we've had some very, uh, these have been very, I guess, socially, uh, I guess, social issue topics. And you know, uh, words are, I'm not doing good words today. Um, but these have been today, we've had some very, uh, I think topics that can go either way with your opinion. You know, I can see everything from both sides. And if you've got some thoughts, feelings on what we've discussed today please um please reach out please let us know if you disagree um again like like i am like i say every week and like i have in the last couple of weeks happy to happy to read out things if i've given 
incorrect facts or anything like that or or you know you want to correct me on something or, or give your contrary opinion by all means please email us hello at 8bit.net i'd love to uh to read out your thoughts um now brendan it is time for our itunes review of the week oh yeah and this week's review comes from poppin caps and he drops or he or she drops a lovely five stars thank you so much for that and the title of the review is i know why letterman retired and it <laughs> reads Two words, Jack Cruz. Can't wait to see where IIWII goes in 2018. Uh, thank you so much for your kind words, Pop and Caps. That's uh, it's uh, way. Uh, I, 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 if I mean Letterman's like a hero of mine. So if to be even mentioned in the same breath as him is is wildly, uh, I think um, undeserving on my part. But I appreciate the sentiment nonetheless. Uh, if you ever, if you guys have any thoughts on the show, feedback, make sure jump on iTunes, leave us a review. Um, it does help get the word out about us. It helps people, I guess, know where to find us. It helps them see us. It, it, it makes us, as you always say, Brendan, on the Hungry Games, it keeps us relevant, keeps the mics on, um, and it will be very much appreciated. Negative or positive? 100%. I'm happy to read it either way. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of It Is What It Is. This has been a product of 8-Bit, and you can find all of our content over at 8-Bit.net, and you can follow us on Twitter. Brendan is at Brendan8Bit. I am at Cruzy underscore mate, and 8-Bit is at We Are 8-Bit on all of the socials. Brendan, is there anything going on at the moment you want to pimp, you want to tell the kids about? Um, Damn, now I'm on the spot. Um, be, yeah, <laughs> be sure to check out all that lovely, tasty content at 8bit.net. There is a ton of talented podcasters on there doing great work on the daily. Uh, we've got a few new shows on the horizon, which is pretty goddamn exciting. Uh, can't say much more than that, but um, yeah, it's going to grow grow the 8-bit stable up to about 10 different, uh, different weekly podcast deliveries, as well as some video content we're going to start pushing into as well, uh, which we're all very, very excited and proud about seeing finally uh, about it seeing finally the the light of day which is cool but um yeah just uh mm-hmm. just keep listening keep staying hungry keep it locked absolutely keep hung stay hung <laughs> stay hung uh, remember kids if you've enjoyed this show head on over to iTunes or your podcast service of choice and give us a subscribe leave us a review like i said it does help get the word out helps us be discoverable next week I'll be joined by one of my favorite human beings in the world, J.T. Russell, all the way from Nashville, Tennessee. So, uh, he's one of the most I, I, f- most positive people I've ever met in my life. So, I'm very looking, very much looking forward to having J.T. on. Um, it's going to be uh, extra special episode. So, make sure you tune in for that. The world and needs more positivity. Got- so, definitely, oh, yeah. definitely, definitely yeah. keep it locked here. Absolutely. JT is 10 out of 10 every week. And if you've got any questions for myself or JT, remember that email again, hello at 8bit.net. Make sure you shoot them through. Brendan, it has been an absolute pleasure talking with you this morning. The feeling is very mutual, good sir. Um, I'm happy that we saw in our Sunday morning together, you know, dressed in our... uh, Well, I'm still in my sort of pyjamas, so um, I can't (laughs) say much, but you're looking especially especially blue today, which which I love. Um, Go the doggies. You too. Absolutely. I go the go the doggies wearing my doggies beanie, wearing my wing wings shirt, my wing wings Wu Tang shirt. So. I could go some wings right about now. I don't even care that it's not even ten in the morning. I could knock down a twelve stack of wings straight off the bat. Start the morning right. There's, n- there's never a time of the day that is not good for wings. No. Never. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, you name it. <laughs>
<laughs> Until next time, friends. It is what it is.